Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. Today's episode is called Leadership Through Caring with Ermadine Hansen. Ermadine is a registered nurse, CEO, and founder of Magnify Your Influence. She's passionate about helping you add value to others and lead intentionally. She shares tools, terminology, and techniques that assist people to excel as a leader. Ermadine has always had a fascination with the study of how people communicate to get the job done, and she delivers proven methods to grow the audience's concepts of connection, communication, and influence. A registered nurse with over 35 years serving seniors and leading staff has given her countless stories and lessons she enjoys sharing with her audience. Raising three daughters as a single mom on a farm, a veteran of the U.S. Army, and a John C. Maxwell speaker, trainer, and coach, Ermadine has learned her messages through years of trial and error. Laugh and learn with Ermadine as you step into your strength. Welcome to the show, Ermadine. Thanks, Rachel. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I always love connecting with you. I know I met you through eWomen in the Twin Cities, and it's always a pleasure to see you there. Yes, you as well. You're always positive and vibrant and um, uplifting. Yeah. And I'm just always impressed by your commitment because I think, I don't know if there's ever been a time you haven't attended, but you're one of those people who's always there and you live quite a distance away. (laughs) Yes, I live north of Alexandria, Minnesota here, and so it's a good two and a half hour drive for me to come to women um, meeting every month, but I have always done for the last 15 years a lot of traveling with my jobs and Uh a lot of work in the metro, so it's not actually um, out of the ordinary for me. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm... Just looking forward to talking to you today and having you share with the listeners, you know, some talking about caring. And, you know, we titled this show today, Leadership Through Caring. Um, Can you start by sharing your story or your journey of, um, you know, transformation, whether that was through your work or personal, just some um, pivotal moment for you? Oh, boy, that's... um... There's a lot of pivotal moments, I think, in my life. Uh, as the, my bio says, it's a lot of trial and error. And, and um, I think we, we all um, have many times in our life where we uh, uh, grow and change and grow and change and grow. And mm-hmm. so I think um, I was a single mom on a farm. I bought a farm when my daughters, three girls, uh, were young. Actually, one was, my youngest was not two, and my twins were almost five. Oh, my gosh, you were busy. I was busy. I did a lot of cleanup of an old farm, actually the farm I grew up on. Oh, And um, changed it from a dairy farm into a farm with horses, and my kids got to grow up with animals and pigs and chickens and dogs and things like that. And I, you know, I made that decision because I so loved growing up in the country. Mm-hmm. Even though I had lived in the metro after I left home and after I was in the service, 
I uh, made the decision that it was just a really great place to raise children. And mm. so um, it was a big change for me after 12 years of being gone or so, moving back home and to a small town and uh, making that decision to raise my kids in the same kind of area that I was raised. So that was, um, that was a big change for me mm-hmm. as a young adult, 30 years old, I think, or so. Oh, I love that because that crosses my mind a lot every so often, like just around the cities. It's in the cities. I don't even think of that busy of a metro, but it's just busy, you know, to go anywhere can take 30 minutes and the the faster pace and things, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. It, yeah. When I first moved home and I started to work at a nursing home in the small town I grew up in, um, I had uh, a house in town, in a little town, Parker's Prairie. And I remember uh, walking to work because it was only a couple of blocks and my daycare was just a few blocks away. Oh and my I gosh. I know, it was that. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I remember somebody uh, stepping outside and saying, good morning, Nermadine. And uh, I had just moved from uh, Richfield and I, I felt like I had just walked back in time and uh, it was a warp. Uh, it was really weird and wonderful all at the same time. And I knew that I had made the right decision. So, oh, very cool. Yeah, it was really awesome. And then it was uh, a few years after that that I bought the family farm. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, to have that awareness and honor that part of you that can see that value of raising kids, you, you know, in a nature setting with animals and mm-hmm. quiet Yes, and um, my uh, twins are both married, and they both live way out in the country with no neighbors, and oh, yeah. one's on a working farm, and one's just way out in the country, and, and they love that life. And um, my youngest daughter isn't married yet, but she lives in Alexandria. Uh, I think they like they enjoyed growing up like that, too, and it, it's good. I also take care of my folks. Um, they live on the farm with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm a a geriatric nurse by trade since I was young, except for being in the service. And I worked a few years at KMSP TV down in the cities um, for uh, a short time, a couple years, I guess. But I'm a geriatric nurse by trade. And so um, it seemed normal that when I bought the farm, I'm a middle child, Mm -hmm. that I would, um, that mom and dad would be here. And now they're getting up in years, 80 plus and and um, I'm grateful to be able to take care of them or, or help them. They're, they're not that needy yet. Oh, it's yeah. Amazing what people are still doing at 80 and 90. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, I got to be in the job that I'm at because I spent many years as a nurse's aide, as an LPN, an RN, and became a director of nursing and then um, a corporate nurse working myself up the corporate ladder and um, all the while, um, while I was working, being in charge of more people and more people and more people. Mm -hmm. And of course, as a mom, I'm in charge of leading my family, my three daughters and, and just, um, you know, being in the church and different things. uh, I found, I found that there was, um, especially professionally, there was such a lack of ability find um, leadership training for people in rural communities. Mm. 
And yeah, and I am. Um, remember looking for it and being on some workforce solution councils for senior care and um, I just couldn't find how like you could be a really good nurse and then get promoted to be a leader and not have any training of how to manage people mm -hmm. and it's very difficult managing people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I think that's so true across disciplines. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing that, um, that people um, don't really think about until I say it out loud is uh, every industry really only has one thing in common, and that's people. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's manufacturing or education or healthcare or finance or, or IT. You know, we, we all are just people and you lead people the same way mm -hmm. no matter what industry and oh, um, okay. you know it doesn't make a difference people want to have leaders that are trustworthy right mm -hmm. and have integrity and um, competent and competent and and um, whether you're in the city or you're in the country it's 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 a in every industry it seems what happens is really competent cooks become in charge of other cooks or really competent plumbers become in charge of other plumbers and and then we don't get that training so um, in senior care you know we are not yet at the peak of the highest number of old people we're going to have oh yeah we're in the midst of the gray tsunami as they call it oh you know, and there's lots and lots of old people to take care of and lots and lots of staff to take care of those old people. Mm -hmm. and so there has to be leaders to take care of, you know, to manage and lead those people that are taking care of these old people. I mean, we're not going to be at the peak till I think like 2028. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know out by us, there's a building after building going up that's, um, you know, 50... See, well, senior living, and then um, it's got assisted living in the same building, and then, you know, more full care and hospice Every care all in one place. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like everybody knows that there's an assisted living going up on the next corner, mm. you know, and that's because we just have so many old people, more than we've ever had before. And so those people, you know, I, I was a director of nursing for a long time, and and um, up in Alexandria at uh, Bethany and um, had a decent amount of staff, over 100 nursing staff. And, and I remember this one time, probably a pivotal moment for me. Um, I'm a nurse, so, and, and, I, and most people care about people. Um, but I, I had to um, lay, some pe lay some people off. And I had never done that in my life before. And it just broke my heart. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. And we planned for this. All the departments had a little bit, but I had actual a, a number of people. And um, I cared so much about where their future was going and what they were going to do without this job that I started to get heart palpitations. Mm. And it, they first it started with a couple of weeks, and then it was a, a you know a, a one a day, and 
and pretty soon I was having it multiple times a day. And, and um, I went into the clinic and of course, as a nurse, we always know what's wrong with us. <laughs> and I said, I said, I know what's wrong with me. I just know it. I know that I'm stressed out and I don't know how to stop it. And, and uh, he said, um, yep, your heart is fine. Everything's fine, but you're having this because you're stressed out. And, and so you have to figure out how you're going to do this job. And um, I went back to my boss and my boss said, if you need to take anti-anxiety medications to do this job, it's not the right job for you. Ooh, and yeah. It, yeah, it was a hard thing to hear. Mm. I'd worked my whole life to get into that job. And to think that I might not be able to do it, I really had, she, she made me take time off almost three weeks. Okay. And she said, when you come back, you have to decide whether you want this job or not. And um, it took a couple weeks to get used to it. I had, I had, before I went, I had laid the people off and they actually took it a lot, a lot better than I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I, I decided to come back and realize that, you know, I had been a mom for many, many years. And, you know, as moms, we learn what tough love is. Mm-hmm. And we have to make hard decisions sometimes that break our heart. And, they're, and they, you know, that's this old saying that your mom said, this hurts me worse than it hurts you. Yeah. And now that, you know, I'm a mom, now my children are adult, but you learn that. And so I had to learn how to do that as an employer or as a leader. And um, it took mentors. Mm-hmm. and other people and so um i did the job and i i actually got uh into uh, corporate nursing got promoted into corporate nursing and had a number of sites around the nation and really started to lead more people and started to realize that i could do that and care and still be a good leader but it did take a lot of mentoring from other people so i still wasn't able to find the I don't know, the kind of training that I was looking for for other people to help them go mm-hmm. through maybe not so difficult of a time as I did. And so I eventually quit my corporate job. Okay. That's how I ended up seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I am too. I, you know, I, I specialize in leadership training. I'm a John Maxwell coach speaker and trainer. Awesome. And I, yeah, yeah. And he's a Christian man, a minister for many, many years. He's still a minister, but he's a, one of the top leadership gurus around the world. And um, everything that he talks about just rang so true for me. And now I'm out um, speaking uh, about a lot of his stuff with, uh, and draping my experiences over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And um, since I still live on a farm, I, I, my passion is really rural health care in the state of Minnesota and the Midwest, mm-hmm. in the nation. We take care of a lot of old people, a lot. And I don't want the leaders who are taking care of all the people, um, you know, taking care of all the staff and leading all the staff that are, that are taking care of all of, our, all of our elders to be so stressed out and so exhausted that they can't take care of themselves and others. Yeah. 
Because it really starts with us. We have to care for ourselves first before we can give, like, feel full and alive in ourselves before we can really give others. I remember for myself, I had an aha that I wanted to truly help people. And I realized in what I was doing in research, I wasn't truly helping people. But then I was driving home one day and I was like, oh my gosh. But in order to do that, I have to help myself first. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And I don't think I would have ever gotten to where I am right now if I hadn't had that little breakdown, you know, of, of the heart palpitations and the, the, I just don't know how I could have ever really made the decision that I needed to change my life. Mm. And I needed to, I needed to take care of myself and I needed to be able to separate when you have to do something that's hard. Life is full of hard decisions. Being an adult is hard. You know, yeah, and, um, and you have to be able to separate hard decisions from from your heart sometimes, and that's hard. Yeah, but when you learn how to do it, I don't think I can ever become crass or cold. But you know, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't get coaching ourselves, if we don't have mentors ourselves, if we don't learn how to learn how to um, continually grow ourselves we can't possibly add value to others Mm -hmm. and um so that's really powerful armadine (laughs) what i love about you is just how passionate because you are very um compassionate and really value caring and care but it sounds like you had to kind of learn um i don't know if boundaries is the right word or how to make making caring tough decisions? Yeah, you know, um, I have been in situations where I have disciplined staff and my kids, you know, and um, uh, many staff. And and uh, if you do it right, and they know that you care about them and their success, and how it aligns with the company's success, or how your kids' success aligns with the family's success. You can do it in such a way that, I mean, I've had people hug me when they fired, when I fired them. Oh, wow. And it's not because they were happy they were being let go. It's because they knew I cared about them and they knew that they were not time and time again, not measuring up. And they had written their own story, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know if I could have gotten to that place until I really took time to learn how to do that and how to show people. I, I don't want to get people off my bus. I don't want to fire people or I don't want to discipline people. Mm-hmm. I would rather, you know, I think most employers with the unemployment, the way it is, most employers would say, I would rather save a current employee than fire them and hire a new one. And not all employees can be saved, but I think once we learn how to care and add value to them, and engage them in work, uh, we can save more than we are. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, the other thing is that I've told some people when, when, um, when we decided to part ways and, or maybe they didn't care for the job or I didn't think that they were the right person for the job, um, that I was really, really pray, you know, praying and hoping that they would be successful at another place. Because mm-hmm. it really was. And... I think what my 
you know, my values uh, that I want to share with others and um, is that, is that um, you really sincerely have to care for people if you're mm-hmm. going to be a leader. And um, they know your motives. I've worked with great leaders and then some really ineffective leaders. And it was the ones who just didn't really seem to take any interest in me or care, you know, where it's more, they're, they're focused on what I can do for them and not what they can do for me. And so yeah. you just feel that like they don't care. And it's how, it's also how they show up, whether how they talk about other people and all of that. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, people, when they come to you, whether it's your child or a girlfriend or a friend or, or an employee or somebody else, they want to know three things. They want to know, and they don't know that they want to know these things, but they do. They want to know, do you care for me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? Do you care for me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? And if you can answer the positive answer to each of those questions, you can lead them anywhere. Wow. Yeah. And it's really about um, um, caring about them and having them trust you and um, helping them. It's like uh, the WIFM factors. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the WIFM factor. No, Mm-mm. it's W I I F M, and it's okay. what's in it for me. Mm, yeah, you know, and and I think people think that that's a negative thing, but the truth is, is we're all in it for us, right? Yeah, I mean, but we can do both, right? Right. I mean, I I I can I can say what's in it for me is, um, you know, I want somebody to listen to me, or I want somebody to hear me, or um, help me, or whatever, but that. When I go to somebody for that, that's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me a bad person or make somebody who wants something from me a bad person. Um, and I think we need to think about it differently. Instead of thinking that's a negative thing, I think we need to think about how can we add value to them? How can we help them? You know, the best way, I'm sure you've heard this, uh, the best way to get what you want is to help others get what they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the only way you can do that is when you really care about others. Yeah, that's true. Uh, another guest I had on, she was talking, you know, we talk about the golden rule, mm-hmm. um, do unto others as we'd have done unto us. And she was talking about, you know, oh, have you heard the platinum rule? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she <laughs> was like, treat others how they want to be treated. And I think that's really what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Well, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. That's a nice twist on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's true. We, we all want to be cared for and listened yeah. to. And what you're speaking of isn't even necessarily through leadership or workplace settings. It's, no. it's in all relationships. Yes. Yes, absolutely, 110%. My, um, when I do coaching, uh, I talk to people, you know, we usually get, together based off of an employer or um because i'm in senior care so most people hear about me i mean that's that's who i market to right Mm -hmm. now is my target market is um 
rural health care, senior care leaders. Um, I do do training down in the cities as well. Um, I don't have anything against it. I just um, know that the rural health care leaders don't get people on their doorstep providing mm-hmm. qu- high quality leadership training. Oh, um, cool. That's so awesome you're doing that, Ermadine. Oh, thanks. I love that. <laughs> thanks. Uh, you know, I just, um, I was one of those leaders that needed leadership training, and um, we can't, rural health care can't afford to send their people to the metro mm-hmm. or to another state or Chicago or wherever. And um, not only can they not afford to send them, there's mileage and lunches and hotels, mm-hmm. but when they're gone, they don't have a lot of un- layers, you know, like an onion to, to replace that, that person. Mm-hmm. And so me being able to go out there to these communities and being a farm girl myself and knowing their lives and, um, is, is, uh, is, is my, you know, is, is ho- hopefully is, is my gift. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, it's exhausting work being a caregiver. Yeah. It's exhausting work being a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I usually, you know, I, uh, I, uh, Sort of got got off on a tangent about world health healthcare, but we were talking about about this being uh, professional and personal. I usually and you know end up meeting and, and coaching leaders through my work. That's where they hear about me in um, senior care, um, or I've coached a couple of people from other industries as well. But mm-hmm. it's amazing how when you start coaching and talking, how much personal stuff comes out. Because adding value to others and making your life better by helping others make their life better is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Influencing people. We influence people every single day, every minute of the day. Whoever we're around, we influence them either in a positive way or in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And so my, my hope is that I can help people remember that. Like... It's stuff that we learned in first grade, right? Kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And be happy. And, and um, people will be attracted to that. Yeah. And some of that negativity will go away. Mm-hmm. I know for me, on my personal journey with becoming passionate about energy, you know, our energy field extends way out from our body. Like, we can measure that with instruments. And... I, when I learned that, I was like, well, I want to really make sure that I'm showing up in a very, like, pure and good way. And so I just started doing a lot of inner work, you know, meditation is one tool, but, um, you know, to really take a look at everything that I was operating from, you know, because I just wanted to have, like, good energy, good vibes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's easy for life to pull you down and to, yeah. become, and to become negative because it's hard, right? Um, life is hard. Work is hard. Kids are hard. Um, so it's an intentional decision every day to wake up and try to add value to others in the positive way. Yeah. Not the negative way. I know for me, I, I like to try to tell myself a different story. So I... I'll take deep breaths because I, I have a history of waking up in the morning and being like, oh, my God, like another day. How am I going to do this? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, you know, having kids was I've learned a ton from it because I found it to be one of the hardest things I had ever done. You know, it was enough to care for myself. And then you add a husband and, a, 
kids and dog and house. And it's like, whoa, (laughs) I had to, you know, start taking deep breaths. And then I would say over and over, life is so easy for me. Life is so easy for me or whatever I was experiencing in the moment, whether it was, you know, feeling um, that children was overwhelming I would say being a mother is so easy for me being a mother is so easy for me and I feel like it's really transformed how I perceived you know I guess the people I'm leading and we're all kind of leading each other in some way yes but uh that's awesome yeah I think that that reminds me of my all-time favorite quote in the whole world Mm -hmm. it's by Henry Ford and it's um if you think you can do a thing or you think you can't do a thing. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. It speaks to that kind of can-do attitude. Right. And, um, I think, you know, people who make great leaps in life or whatever, they kind of just have this, they choose to believe they can do it or, you know, they can figure it out and they don't have to be perfect and just take those steps. Right. If I would have known uh, four years ago what I know now, um, I, I, I don't know how I would have ever, ever had the energy to start my own company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. And it's hard. And it's, it's um, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult. But, you know, it's sort of like a toddler. If they don't know that they can't walk. So they mm-hmm. just keep trying. Yeah. And sometimes the best thing is to just to be ignorant and not to know that it, we don't do it that way. Yeah. You I know? know it's very different having a business. I was just telling my husband last night, I was like, well, in the past, I, I was just so used to people telling me what to do and what to, they needed and stuff. And I really kind of kept my head down and did it. And mm-hmm. it's so different now having your own business where I make every decision and what next step am I going to take or what am I going to take on or let go of and all of that. I, I was just kind of in awe last night at uh, everything that I was, um, not, I mean, I guess doing everything that yeah. I was doing that's so different from what I had ever done before. I mean, my life looks nothing like, like it had been, you know, when I thought I would have a research career for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, uh, it's the same for me. It's, it, it's like you couldn't have said it better, Rachel. Uh, I, I look at my life right now and compared to six years ago when I was a corporate nurse and I, you know, and nothing wrong with corporations. They are what they, they are. But I was, you know, I was, I was you know, going to work, doing everything that, that, that I was to do and taking care of all the things on the to-do list, mm-hmm. dealing with lots of regulation and all those things. And then all of a sudden, I'm in, a, in an industry that there is no regulation, that all I can do is the thing I love the most, mm. which is to develop people. That's always been my love. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I too look at my life and go, wow, (laughs) it's like not even close to what it was 10 years ago or five years ago. Yeah. Oh, you know, I love that. Um, Because I meet a lot of people who are not happy with what they're doing. And, you know, it's like they're doing this whole career and they're spending their whole life doing things that they don't really enjoy. They're just going to their job and going home. And I, I wish people could know that it's safe. 
and everything will be okay if they follow their heart into, you know, that decision like you made to leave a corporate, probably somewhat secure job to bring your passion to the world. Yes. I think um, that it's, it's very difficult. And I can, I can remember getting some training and um, we had to, um, with the National Speakers Association, and one of our, one of our teachers um, had a table full of rocks in one of our classes. And she said, I want you to write on this rock the thing that's holding you back the most from uh, really exploring this new business. Because I was still working full-time as a corporate nurse. Okay. While I was going to school with the National Speakers Association down in the cities. And... Um, uh, I wrote on my, and I still carry it. It's still in my car and it slides oh. all the way around when I turn corners, <laughs> but I still keep it on my dash. And, and the word is risk. Mm. It's risk because I'm not a risky person. I was an every two week kind of, you know, paycheck kind of girl. Yeah. And I had the 401k and the, the, you know, six weeks of paid vacation and the healthcare and the dental and the vision and the, you know, um, the accidental dis- and disability. I mean, everything. Long-term disability, short-term disability. I mean, you're crazy to leave that, right? And yet, no, we we do. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, we do. Yeah. And I just feel like I, you know, I did because there was something on my heart that was pulling me, and it was so strong it would not go away, and I couldn't sleep, and I, I mean. You know, I don't mean I couldn't sleep every night or anything, but I mean, I couldn't sleep with and wake up the next day and it not still be there mm-hmm. for years. And so when I finally made that decision, I'm sure like you, it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, I think it scared my husband more, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was lucky. I mean, I'm, I'm with a... I had kind of become really clear on my, what my values were. And mm-hmm. I was in a place where I could be home with my kids, um, you know, thanks to the support of my husband. Um, but I also had awoken to this real deep passion for the emotions, the mind and our energy around our wellness. And so I couldn't keep, um, you know, bringing just diet, exercise and medicine to the world, you know, like my um, doctoral training was in. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, I knew it was leading me to something else, and I just trusted that, and I had to take that risk, you know. But I, I got clear on my values that I wanted to, I really wanted to be the primary caregiver for my children. And um, the job I was working at the time, after taxes, child care, clothes to go to work and driving gas, to, you know, to Minneapolis, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't bringing anything home. You know, and I, I had taken that job kind of knowing that, but thinking it would lead to something else. And I, I got really clear on how I wanted my life to look like, you know, creating that life by design, like we had, um, we mentioned, you know, before mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just trusting life too that we'll be taken care of and everything will be okay. And that's a calling. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. I think mine wasn't as neat and clean and clear cut as yours. <laughs> but I, you know, I have uh, uh, my boyfriend of, of uh, eight years. We've been together and um, he he had his own business and okay. he was just like, jump, jump, go. Oh, cool. 
And so um, he was very supportive. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, so, so that was good. And, and uh, somebody, I was turning 50, and my last child had graduated high school. And somebody told me, well, you better hurry up and do this if you're going to do it, because you're going to get too old. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did it uh, right before, about two months before I turned 50. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, what yeah. a transition point. Wow, <laughs> yeah, lots of changes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, Ermadine, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to. <laughs> Ermadine, I heard you have a book coming out. I do. I'm so excited about it. It's called Magnify Your Influence. Uh, um, it's a collection of short stories, lessons that help you care for yourself, add value to others, and lead intentionally. And it goes through my seven strategies. And when things are tough or when things are fun, yeah, it's a culmination of lots of things throughout my life. So if any of our listeners would like to connect with you or learn more about your work, you know, your businesses magnify your influence. I love that title. Um, how would you like for them to do that? So my website is ermadine.com. That's I R. M-A-D-E-N-E, Ermadine.com. And um, you can contact me through there. On there, I have uh, um, seven strategies to magnify your influence. And I talk about manage your life spaces, valuing everyone, growing always, connecting with your heart, thinking intentionally, inspire a successful mindset and exemplify emotional intelligence. Those are my, um, my uh, seven strategies. And there's a bit about each one of those and how you do that. So you can, you can um, get that. You can also email me at Irma at Irmadine.com. And I would love to hear from anybody. I'm soon starting a mastermind class a virtual mastermind class. It's like a virtual book study on John Maxwell's book called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Mm. It's probably one of the most instrumental books helping people transition from where they are to where they want to be. Oh, cool. That sounds amazing. Well, if you're interested in that, please email me and I will get you um, in in the class as well. Very cool. I'm excited to go today and get on your website and get your tips. Those sound amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ermadine. I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today. I, well, I'm, I'm so happy that you asked. It's, yeah. you know, it's just an honor, I'm, and I'm so excited at what you're doing with your career. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited for you, too, and I get to see you tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I will see you tomorrow. Cool. Thanks. Listeners, my new book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You, is now on Amazon. Check it out. It's all about freeing our body, our soul, our mind, freeing others, um, and freeing our godly potential. So there's really just one true problem and one true goal. And we, when we align with our innate potential inside of us, um, you know, that's when life changes and can be joyful and free. I also have an app that will support you 
to your inner healing and radiance journey. It is available at www.rachelapp.com. The details and information are there, and you can get my nine happiness and healing essentials at www.drrachelw.com just by entering your name and email address. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. Cast Network.